0: The U.S. Open starts today out in California. Does location matter? What's it like to play in the U.S. Open anyway? I'll ask Brad Frisch on today's episode of Ovius and Gillio. Plus. Are we headed for an ACC-SEC showdown in the College World Series? D1 Baseball's Aaron Fitt, the maestro himself, will join us to discuss. Let's get it.
1: Uh, here we go
0: again. We know y'all be listening. The OG back and better than it's ever been. Blast from the past, you know that our pace is fast. And if you wanna sub, we got something for you to smash. Five stars with them positive vibes. Don't miss a beat, week to week, you just gotta subscribe. Even if your team's got you hella mad, don't worry, we write our prescriptions on a yellow pad. So, settle in, y'all, this is gonna be fun. Cause when it comes to hot takes, two is better than one. From beer to the Canes to the ACC. Who knows more about this than us, the OG. All right, let's see if this is possible. We have an O plus G podcast with no O. I'm Joe Giglio, joined today by Brad Frisch. Brad Frisch, I mean, he's semi-retired, but he's still a professional golfer in my mind. I don't know if you still are in your mind, Brad, but I've seen you shoot a 68 over at Raleigh Country Club. So I'm still impressed with your skills.
2: Well, thank you. I I don't play or practice much, but... If I enter a tournament, yes, I will be paid if I make the cut. And I'm a professional golfer, yes. So um, I'm a retired uh, retired pro golfer, glove salesman, occasional podcaster, occasional
0: guest. Red Rooster Golf. Go check them out. I'll give you that one for free, my friend. Um, <laughs> the best gloves there is. Brad Friz joining us today on the O plus G. Today is the first day of the U.S. Open. Just so happen to have someone who's played in not one, but two u.s opens so uh, let's you want to start with the big picture or you want to start with the the smaller picture i'm gonna let you choose brad uh i
2: think it balls are up in the air big picture like i have no idea what's gonna happen this week because it's such a an odd nobody really knows the golf course it's hard trying to predict when the style of golf course is both old it's an old golf course but the way it functions is kind of a a new school uh, architectural design. It was redone a couple years ago, and brought a lot of width to it. And so it's old in terms of it being built in the, I think, mid 1920s or something like that. And then there's just a lot of new architectural concepts to it. And just watching the preview of it, it's like, I think it brings a ton of people into into the mix, especially when you're looking at these guys in practice rounds chopping out from. Uh, both beside the fairway and then beside the greens looks so difficult. So I think when I quick, quick judgment, who's going to win an inventive player, not necessarily a power player, which is a little bit unusual these days. We talk about power off the tee and how most of the best players in the world are super long. And uh, I think it's going to be a creative short game guy who has just enough length this week.
0: Yeah. They're at the Los Angeles country club. And I, I think they've only sold like 10 or 15,000 tickets because they really don't want people out on this course. They're very protective of this course. They haven't hosted uh, an event for like 70 years or something crazy like that since they of like the original LA opens was played there. It's an odd choice for the USGA. I think 2017, they had the Walker cup there if I, if I have yes. it right. Yeah. So it's an odd choice for the USGA, not odd to be out on the West coast. Um, your U.S. Open, you're the one that I think of anyway, at Chambers Bay, was out on the West Coast. It was notable for several reasons. Um, one of them was if you asked even a person who follows golf who won that tournament, they would say Dustin Johnson. Because he was the one who played the best the whole week, when when in truth we know that he did not win. Or if you ask someone who follows golf what happened at Chambers Bay, they would say, Greg Norman completely froze on the original (laughs) Fox broadcast, probably something you weren't aware of until probably days or hours later. Um, I mean, Here is Dustin Johnson choking, and here is Greg Norman, the king of choking in majors. And he absolutely choked again by not commenting at all. And you don't have to be a jerk. You don't have to rub it in Dustin Johnson's face. You can just show some empathy, which – he was completely incapable of on the, on the Fox broadcast if you follow golf you probably remember it was a Fox broadcast it was their first major however you played in it and you actually played really well
2: i had a good week i i quite enjoyed uh the very different nature of that us open the first one i played was wingfoot 06 i was wasn't the player that i was 9 years later but It was also just so different and nobody knew what to expect. It was a new golf course for everybody. Uh, It wasn't a traditional, if you're not in the fairway, just hack it out. It was, you know, the grass was really long on the, in the rough, but it was very wispy. So you'd able to advance it towards the green, had to have some creativity, had to show some judgment in your second shots. Of you know, if I run it up, how much room do I actually have? How hot can it be going into the green? And then the bunkering around the greens was spectacular it was so fun to play Um, not super fun to be in them but there was just a lot of creativity involved and um, it was a weird course for spectating I remember uh, my parents were there and I think walking off the 10th green I said all right I'll see you on 13 because that was the next time that they would actually be within about 200 feet of any player it was just a very odd routing and If you remember, there were these massive dunes in between a lot of the holes, and it prevented a lot of actual spectating. So it was like they sort of saw me on 11 and 12, but not really, and then saw them back on 13. So uh just uh it was a fun week though. It was um there was a lot of consternation about the greens, how bad they were. I putted great, so I had no (laughs) real real problem with them, and I think a lot of it was kind of Mind over matter, it was, you know, if, if you admit that they're awful, then you'll talk yourself into missing a few. And I just said, everyone's complaining. Don't be that guy and just go out and hit the putt where you think it should be hit.
0: You played in the U.S. Open twice. You did it the hard way twice. You went through qualifying to get there, which is actually one of the coolest things in all of sports that even as lousy as I am, I could, in theory, go out and qualify by by shooting the right score in the qualifying
2: In theory, yes. In theory.
0: Not in practice, but in theory. (laughs) But that is awesome. That is awesome. Like, you were on the PGA Tour. I get that. And that's, obviously, that's an amazing accomplishment. But to get into this tournament in particular, you had to qualify. And you had to go beat a bunch of people to do it.
2: Yeah, so for a bunch of years, I was exempt into the sectional qualifying. So I didn't have to go through locals, Mm -hmm. uh, which is how I got through the first time. But um, So I would always go to Columbus, which is the week after, or the Monday after Memorial And a lot of people would say, why would you go there? All the tour players, because the pros are there, right? And I said, exactly. That's there's going to be more spots. Yes. Okay. There's a bunch of guys who played the week before. They're a little bit tired. Um, I always thought if you play well in that in that sectional, you'll get through most likely. If you play well somewhere else, there's a spot in Georgia that a lot of guys go to. There's 40 players for two spots. You can play the golf of your life and finish third and not get through. Uh, there's no chance that you'll have a great day in Columbus and not get through. That was my theory, um, so I always went there. Plus, once I go there once or twice, you know the golf courses, and you don't, you know, you don't have to show up a couple days early. You can just fly in Sunday night, no problem, which I normally did because I would come from Raleigh, uh, which is the uh, the Rex was usually before. So the years I was on the Corn Ferry Tour. Which is the year I got through into the U.S. Open 2015, flew from Raleigh to Columbus, and then there was a late flight direct and then just get on the golf course on uh, on Monday morning.
0: Let's go there, then. You said you knew the course. And I like to gamble on golf. You like to play golf. You earn money the hard way in golf. I like to earn money the easy way in golf. I want to know, though, do you think there really is a home field advantage in golf? And keep in mind, you're Canadian. You live in Holly Springs now. You, you went to Campbell. You're 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 a and now you're fully fledged now. Although I don't know if you've picked an allegiance in the Carolina Duke State quadrant yet. Have you?
2: Oh, you don't know that? No, I'm a Tar Heel. Yeah.
0: The Heels. Okay, fine. Yeah. Then you are. You're you're full triangulian. Yeah. But in in by birth, you're Canadian, and we just saw Nick Taylor win the Canadian Open, and it was, it was a nice celebration. Like it was a nice breakthrough. It Had been, I think it was sixty years, fifty nine years since a Canadian had won that event 69 I,
2: years for for Joe obvious 69 years 69 right. very yeah. nice
0: so I am convinced this week and maybe I have just convinced myself because of my own rooting interests I am convinced somebody from California is going to win this week and I certainly Justin Rose won't count but if you look at his wins he wins in Cali and plays well there I am convinced there are just certain people and it's normally where they're from who play well at certain courses, particularly where they're from. So this is leading me to Xander Shoffley. This is leading me to Max Homa. This is leading me to Patrick Cantley. Now I'm I'm naming three guys who are obviously, you know, of the 10 best players in the world, but they're also, they've never won a major. So I'm curious in your opinion, is there anything to this, what I'm saying to you? Do, Do California guys have an advantage in California? I know there's a different type of, Uh, The greens are a different grass. They are. Uh, So I think there might be something to this theory, but maybe it doesn't translate in a a major. Maybe. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just throwing darts out there.
2: There's certainly something to uh, getting to know the type of grass on the greens in California, uh, Poana. It's very... It's different, right? It's different. It's patchy, and especially in afternoons, it grows at a different rate across the surface, so it can get very bumpy. Um. The, the pace is different How you want to die the ball into the hole Usually because you don't want that three and a half Four footer coming back because of what I just said It's very bumpy in the afternoons uh, As you were Talking about Homa, shafley Cantley, I was thinking yeah but they've never Won a major and of course you always have to You got to win your first one yeah. And so I I wouldn't say that it's a An advantage except for the fact of what you Brought up a guy like Max who's LA Born and bred Um there's not going to be a lot of people there, which I think plays into those guys' hands because for all the talk of course knowledge, course advantage Walker cup, 2017 Colin Morikawa was undefeated there. Yeah. Uh, Morikawa, another Cali kid. Um, he's a little bit not right physically. I don't know if you saw him teeing the ball up yesterday. It was kind of odd. He said, there's no pain, just a precaution. Eh, I've been there. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there. There's a lot of uncertainty, uh, with, with bad backs. So I think the lack of crowd might help those guys, but again, it's their, it's their first one. You got to get it out of the way sometime. I don't know if that happens at a home, at a home track. Now saying that Nick Taylor last week, you, you described it very blandly, I think, which as an American, that's cool. And Canada yeah. is the biggest thing that's ever happened in golf. Uh, even oh, wow. o- over and above Mike, Mike Weir, Weir Master, in the yes, a hundred percent. The way that played out, um, I, I do think that's now maybe, might be recency bias, but sure. I have not seen reactions like that across. My media obligations were sky high after that happened. I didn't play. That's cool. <laughs> so um, it, it was a it was a huge deal. Now, like the- I
0: will tell you that I picked all Canadians in my pool. Like I had Pendrith. I had Hadwin. I had Connors. I had Taylor. So I, I, I took all Canadians because of this reason right now. Okay. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just, again, maybe I'm just rooting for my own interests here. Um, I just feel like there's something with the Cali golfers this week. We'll see. But y- your creativity, though, gets me back to, obviously, Cameron Smith is one of those guys. Nobody likes him, but Patrick Reed is one of those guys He's was who, also one of the farmers out there. Uh, John Rahm, obviously, um, one at the same track. His U.S. Open came at that same track. But you you, you mentioned something that is, has kind of perked my ears. You said it this is a wider course. That is not something we're used to in the U.S. Open.
2: Not at all, which uh, the last I'm not going to say the last time a U.S. Open was played on a wider course because Aaron Hills was before Chambers Bay. But if you recall, who won at Chambers Bay, uh, an outstanding iron player and
0: actually ended up winning. And uh, did he really uh, win? I mean, come on. You were in there and I'm not trying to denigrate it, but Dustin Johnson lost. He
2: birdied 16 and 18. That was it was a good finish for him. Dustin had it above the hole. As soon as he, as soon as soon the ball stayed there on 18 above the hole, I was thinking he's having at least four or five feet coming back if he misses. And he did. He had about six feet, and he missed. And it was just such a quick part of the green at the very end of the day. Um, I remember Gretzky, his father-in-law. Yeah. M- maybe not yet, but uh, they were dating. He was up watching, and he couldn't even – he couldn't watch after the second putt. Like it was, he walked straight away. It was, it was hard for the family, man. I mean, and that was, that was at the point where Dustin, uh, he hadn't won a major yet, right? Yeah. And he won the U.S. Open the next year at Oakmont. Uh, but that was, that was a huge, like Dustin was the next guy. The guys we talk about now, lay Shoffley, and, uh, maybe to a lesser degree, Max Home, but guys right. who don't have majors, Dustin well, was, would be there Dustin had, them won so many more tournaments than those guys like he was a dominant fourth winning every single year he still has that streak well i guess now that he's on live he doesn't but um he won every single year but he couldn't break through in a major and that three putting on the last from 12 feet was just devastating but dustin has uh the type of brain that he doesn't care and the next year next year showed
0: he didn't care yeah but so athletic I mm-hmm. mean, I'm not breaking news to you. There, there's not a lot of guys on the the tour who look like him, and no, play like no. him, have a natural talent the way that he does, and are, are what is he six four, mm-hmm. if not more? I mean, he's just a, an an imposing figure out there. Uh, it, in your brain, is there someone who's more naturally talented than him?
2: Uh I look at a guy, you not athletic wise, but Victor Hovland reminds me of a guy who who's just insanely talented. Uh, I was during the PGA, a couple holes before he made double, I was texting a friend that said, he just always seems to have a double bogey in him at the wrong time. And he freaking <laughs> sure double bogey
0: 16. Well, I appreciate um, you. I have a 33 to one ticket on but, <laughs> the PGA, but so thank
2: you. He, he he's playing so well. He wins Memorial. He's just, he's playing awesome. So he's definitely one of the favorites, uh, this week, but him, you know, he's not a big guy, but he right. just freakishly, um, golf athletic, I'd say.
0: And and one of those guys. Oh, I think he's athletic kind of, athletic. I think he's a little bit more than just golf athletic. <laughs> All right. Here we go. What's up next? What's up next? Look at that. I'm so very proud of myself and my ability to use StreamYard because I'm learning here without Joe Ovius, but I don't know how to, I don't have to learn how to call Mosquito Authority or Pest Authority. That's 919-807-1951. Check out Hayes Lancaster and his crew. You got ants, termites, mice, moisture under the house, you name it. Mosquito Authority, Pest Authority has got you covered. Check them out at BugsBite.com. They're also on the Twitters at NoMosquitoNC. And I, I'm not as good as transitions as Joe Ovius. so I'm just going to tell you that if you're an entrepreneur and you're in North Carolina, get yourself down to Wilmington. Jim Roberts, check him out on LinkedIn or Facebook. It's the Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington. You can find them at newilm.com. Jim's group is a support organization for entrepreneurs to help you create better startups, which in turn creates better jobs and a better economy in Wilmington. If you don't know, New was named one of the number one startup economies, ecosystems in the country for cities with fewer than 300,000 people. New Network for Entrepreneurs in Wilmington, where the river of innovation meets an ocean of possibilities. Next topic, please. All right, before we go out to the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline to talk to Aaron Fit from D1Baseball.com, talk a little bit about the College World Series. Here's your reminder that, hey, are you headed to the beach? There is a breeze through for you. And pretty much anywhere you go in North Carolina, they have 17 locations. Breeze Through is your spot. For your road trip, if you're fueling up for your next commute or your tailgate or adventure, check out A Breeze through Nearest You. They're on Pool Road in Raleigh, so when you go to Walnut Creek for summer shows, they're also in Cary, Apex, Downtown Smithfield, Garf, Garner, along with Pittsburgh, Hillsboro, And when you head out west for your mountain getaways, heck, they're in Lenore and Blowing Rock, too. The Breeze Through crew has you covered no matter where your summer plans take you. Maybe you are on a trip. Maybe you don't want to find out a good local restaurant. Maybe you want to bring your own meats. Maybe you want to grill out. Hey, it's Father's Day. No one would blame you if you go hit up the Butcher's Market. Go check them out at Butchersmarkets.com. Here's a great last-minute Father's Day gift, the Steak of the Month membership. You get a fresh, never-frozen, premium hand-cut steak every month for six months. Again, check them out at butchersmarkets.com. That first steak on the but on the steak of the month is a 24 ounce t-bone that goes from July through December you also get 50% off of heated and uh, 50% off your sides compound butter there's burgers marinated vegetables again you name it that steak of the month membership will be a great father's day gift at butchersmarkets.com maybe for father's day you're like me maybe you love cards I love sports cards, basketball cards, football cards in particular. Weston at Oak City has you covered. Oak City sports cards, buy, sell, grade. It's really important to get the maximum value for your cards. You have to get them graded. And Weston can do that. He can help you get your cards graded. I I don't know about you, but I don't trust anybody. I wasn't going to trust anybody in the mail with my Michael Jordan rookie cards. I did trust Weston. I got that done. I got the best possible value for those cards. You can too. So go check out Weston at Oak City sports dot Baseball. If you don't know Aaron Fit, he is the best in the business. He's the best there is. And in part because he spends so much time with me. And also in part because he likes to take my money when we play poker. He also likes to take my money when we play golf. Speaking of which, when all of this is over, I, I need to get you out here to Garner. Yeah. Cause I, I need to get I need to get my skins back from you.
1: I'd also like to do some some gambling about Tecmo Super Bowl if you're up for it. I know that's... Uh...
0: So, uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a sore subject because yeah. you're better than me yeah. at, at Tecmo Super Bowl. And it's hard for me to admit that. And I, I say this because when we're the good teams, that's mm. when I win. That's true. But the, I feel like there's not as much talent involved when you're the good teams. And we when we are the bad teams, you beat me, if not 100%, then 99% of the time it's hard for me at this age of my life and given all the hours I've put into Tecmo to admit that you're better
1: than me but I I can steer Steve Grogan and Ken O'Brien to (laughs) victories let me tell you you
0: you know how to work the bad teams you also know how to work the angles in Omaha and the College World Series and you're going to be there and so is Wake Forest so is Virginia let's start with Wake Forest because they're the team I don't believe in the most Mm. and it's it's for no other reason that this is the single dumbest tournament In the history of the world and you will never convince me otherwise i get it that technically every round is a double elimination but i also don't love that every round is different from the the previous round like it just doesn't make any sense to me (laughs) and it's like a fever dream by some i don't know if it was you know an analytics guy i don't know who the heck came up with this stupid thing but it's ridiculous okay so i say this because the favorites almost never win this stupid thing Right. like you better have like Pete and Cavillia and Robin Ventura Viter- I don't even think they won it They did not right you're and correct. I don't even think uh Palmero and who was the other mis- Will no, Clark they, they didn't not. win it either
1: you're right uh, did Barry Bonds win it at Arizona State I think he did uh they did 1981 yep
0: okay see uh, you're the man I know would know all these answers to these questions but it's an incredibly difficult tournament to win that doesn't diminish what Wake Forest has done uh it just feels to me like it's all set up though working against being the best team am I am I Am I at least half right about this, Bitsy?
1: Yeah, I mean, so the number one national seed uh, has won it all one time since the tournament expanded to to sixty four teams in nineteen ninety nine, and that was the first year, nineteen ninety nine, Miami, uh, and it has not happened since, which is weird. It's just weird. In the last three tournaments, the number one seed didn't even get to Omaha, um, and you know they were historically dominant teams. The last year, Tennessee and um certainly arkansas year before that i mean they were they were flawed but they had an incredible season tennessee's flaw last year was they were kind of emotionally immature and that's what bit them in the super regional against notre dame i mean you know you got people getting ejected and suspended because of you can't control your emotions and this way forest team doesn't have a fatal flaw that's the thing joe like they they really are complete and in every way. And, and, and I mean, I was trying to, to talk myself into picking somebody else because like, you can't pick the number one team. They never win. Plus it's wake forest. They've never been to Omaha since, you know, well, since 1955. I mean, you know, it's been, it's been a while. Uh, and, and, and like it just, it felt too obvious, but also, I mean, can you trust these guys? Right. But uh, I was nervous about, can they, can they get to Omaha? I mean, cause that's the thing. It felt like the weight, way- you know the weight of just getting there was going to be big especially in front of their own fans and knowing that you know they they had this super team this year this is their kind of their windows right now and 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 you know what they didn't show any kind of um cracks whatsoever I, they were just a buzzsaw right through you know the first five games that they played in fact they, they've outscored their opponents by 59 runs in the first five games which is the most ever in the ncaa tournament um now that includes a one run game against Alabama, five to four, you know, so they, they showed, Hey, we can, and they've showed that plenty this year. They've won a lot of t- close games. And that's the thing is, you know, their offense is, is it's they're, they're second in the nation in home runs. I think they played a bandbox. I was going to say, I think a lot of people that.
0: chalk that up to where they play, but I, yeah. I think that's not exactly who they are anymore though. Right. Right.
1: I mean, it's, you know, they still hit a ton of home runs, but they also hit their share of doubles and they won their share of close games. And, uh, um, I, I think their, their style of play will translate to that bigger ballpark in Omaha because of their pitching. Their pitching travels. It's the best pitching staff in the country and is not close. I mean, they lead the country in ERA by almost a full run, you know, over Tennessee, and they play in that ballpark. I mean, it's, it's nuts. So I, I just think if you're rolling out a, a Brett Lauder and a Josh Hartle and then a Seth Keener, and you've got you know Sean Sullivan now in, in a bullpen role, which I kind of love. He can just come there and, and shove it down people's throats a, and for a couple innings in relief and give you a totally different look. Love that with with Michael Massey and Cole Rowland and you know Cam Manassi, That's 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 what six, eight guys right there that they can, they can really, really feel good about running at you. And and it gives them variety. gives them a chance to match up. It's a, it's a incredible pitching staff. And so that's why I still think that they they're, they're the team now. Doesn't mean they're going to win, but uh, they're, they're clearly the favorite.
0: I like to say that the NCAA tournament doesn't start until you play an SEC team. So Wake Forest has at least started the tournament by beating Alabama in the super regional, of course, it's nice to play alabama when their coach was fired and who the heck really knows what's going on with alabama but that's neither here nor there right they did beat the crimson tide they are in omaha they but had now, some
1: mojo now since since the coach got the coach thing they they really play well down the stretch okay
0: so but now here comes the real test they, now, they get the, the the nominal, oh, yeah, you got to play Stanford and Omaha. Stanford makes it every year. They, they never win. They will never win. Thank you for coming, Stanford. Your participation trophy is waiting for you back in Palo Alto. Then the LSU-Tennessee portion of bracket number two is the one that I have my eye on. LSU feels like this year's Tennessee, and Tennessee, Tennessee was last year's Tennessee, Tennessee being the number one overall seed last year. I feel like sometimes a team will win it a year late. Right. We've seen this with yeah. Virginia basketball, for example, um, where people kind of fall asleep on them a little bit. And you're like, well, wait a second. No, they were really, really good last year. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know how much turnover Tennessee had from last year, because you're right. So much of last year with Tennessee baseball was theatrics. Uh, they do kind of feel like, though, the forgotten team here in Omaha.
1: Yeah, it's it's the team after the team thing is real. And it's in baseball, too. And I mean, Virginia baseball, same thing 2014 uva baseball was was a juggernaut they were the kind of number one team basically wire to wire and they made it all the way to the finals and they made it to game three of the finals and then they lost on that johnny norwood home run to vanderbilt and the next year they they barely snuck into the tournament you know as a three seed and they, that's the year they won it all 2015. Breaking the
0: thing, breaking you know, the and, acc's curse too
1: yeah exactly and so and, and we've seen that repeal the oregon state in 2017 was this historic team 56 and four didn't win it all 2018. They do win it all. You know, I mean, it's just, there's, there's so many examples of this that we have seen in, in this sport and it, it does feel like th- this could certainly be a case for Tennessee. I mean, uh, they lost a lot in their lineup and they hit the portal and they did a good job replenishing it. That's a home run hitting team. Their style really does not translate well to this, this pitcher friendly ballpark because uh, they lean more on the home run. I think even than, than Wake Forest, uh, even though Wake Forest has just as many home runs, I just think that Tennessee's offense is a little more one dimensional, but Again, the pitching is is elite. I mean, it's, it's the only one that really can stack up to Wake. I mean, they're second in the nation. Yeah, right now they're almost, like I said, almost a full run behind it. But still, I mean, it's really, really good, and it's elite arms. And guys who were there last year, You know, you still have Chase Dolander and you still have Chase Burns at the back and and Drew Beam and you throw in an Andrew Lindsey. And I mean, it's power arms. It's power stuff coming at you, uh, which always seems to play in Omaha if you throw enough strikes. And, And they have been. So, you know, it's been an uneven year in Tennessee. That's why they've been maybe something of a forgotten team. They've been up and down. They really didn't win a series in the road all year until the very end. They, they were like two and 11 on the road for a while. You know it was, it was uh, not great, but now they've had to go on the road for regional and super. And, and they've, they've handled it. They, they've handled their emotions. They've cleaned up a lot of the theatrics. Um, and, and if you watched them, you know, in, in the super regional, especially the, the last game, and they just kind of smothered Southern miss it was five to nothing. And, you're running these big arms at them, and it's like man these guys have no chance right now it just felt like it felt like it was just a done deal you know with with five innings left in the game like there's no way that they, they can hit these guys and uh and they just kind of cruise so yeah i think right now that's the one that's lying in the weeds that i can't shake thinking if, if you're if you're looking to pick somebody that might be the team
0: so i i don't like carrying water for the sec but mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is the stats speak you for themselves it. about the you teams love it. who who have been winning this tournament they have been sec teams so but i also the aha moment came for me when nc state hosted auburn i can't remember which year it was and auburn had the number one overall pick and i'm just looking through auburn's lineup and i'm like god these guys are just different my gosh they're just so big and fast and talented they just state had like two of those players they had like eight of them you know and it was just one of them i don't even think they i think Auburn probably ended up did going to omaha that year but then i certainly didn't win it and it's just i look at and then you look at vanderbilt the teams that states had to go through um and again my perspective will always be from the teams that state play but down in kentucky you know mississippi state and you're like virginia and wake forest in my opinion don't look like those teams am i wrong
1: you're wrong you're wrong i am okay i mean they're Wake Forest. They're both. They're both super physical. I mean, you look at Wake. I mean, you know, it starts with Brock Wilkin and and, 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 and Nick Kerr They're just a couple of monsters, and they could buy runs or something. Sixty. I don't know. They got a lot of homers. Okay. And you know, Virginia is just like it, it, it's old. School. It's, a, it's a lot like the 2014 Virginia, just not number one team physically and athletically. I mean, it's just dudes are. The, the top six or seven guys in that lineup are, are terrifying but it's also you know because they play in a big park at home they hit a ton of doubles and triples and, and like i think that makes them stylistically a perfect fit for for this ballpark. they just they just wear out the gaps uh they've got home run power you know but i mean kyle teal is, is the acc player of the year he's probably a top five pick you've got jake geloff who's you know, one he's the all-time home run king at UVA at third base. You've got you know up the middle super athletes. Ethan O'Donnell's a dynamic five-tool guy in the center field. You got maybe the best defensive shortstop in the country in Griff McGarry. You got to play defense in Omaha. There's a lot to like about UVA. The only thing is, you know, on the mound here, here's where maybe they differ from like some of these SEC teams you're talking about. They don't have the power stuff on the mound. There's no 96, 98 coming at you. It's it's pitchability, strike throwing. You know, here's 88 to 91. I got a cutter. I got a good change up. I got a split. Whatever it is, they all got like a pitch. But it's not dominant velocity. But you look up and it's you know they're fourth in the nation in ERA, and it's like I don't quite understand how. I was skeptical of that pitching staff all year, but they get it done. And Part of it is because their defense is just elite, and they smother you that way. But I think they're really good, and I think this this tournament sets up well for them.
0: Aaron Fit, D1 Baseball, D1Baseball.com. Find all of his work there. It is the best. He is the best in the business. He's taking some time for us here on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. Fitzy, that that top bracket, yeah, Virginia. They, they, they've had the easiest bracket I've ever seen to get to Omaha, by the way. Um, cool, they beat Duke. Uh, so they get Florida. The tournament actually starts for them on Friday when they play Florida because they'll finally play an SEC team. The other side, though, TCU and Oral Roberts, this guy. Uh, you know, you you follow Division One baseball better than anyone. So give us like a, give me the, the 30 second elevator pitch on the Oral Roberts 30 for 30 that's being written right now.
1: I will, but I, I have to stick up for Duke and East Carolina. Those are very good teams that UVA beat. I'm no, they are, but they're not SEC in teams. There. They're so. not SEC teams. Yeah. Um, was Maryland up there too? I mean, yeah, or was Maryland. that who Wake beat? That's who Wake beat. But, yeah, but again, like, Maryland was on. really good. Joke. Really good. What a team. joke. Get out of here. Oh, my goodness. You're killing <laughs> me. Uh, Oral Roberts is uh, the third number regional number four seed ever to get to Omaha since the, the tournament expanded. In, in 1999 and of course one of those teams one of those three won at all fresno state fresno in 2008 yeah. the other was stony brook in 2012. um but uh this team is, is they're kind of like you know those teams in that they're they're they felt underseeded as a four they felt like a very very dangerous four. I and mean, they won like 21 games in a row uh, head into the super regional. They, they had, a, I mean, granted they plan a terrible conference. It, I mean, it, this is the summit League is one of the worst conferences out there. And so, but they've ruled it with an iron fist and they've got some talent. I mean, you know, their, their closer K Detton, is probably the most famous guy that they've got. Uh, it's, it's just, Real electric stuff, you know, from a, a low, funky slot, big-body guy who throws 96-97 with wicked life and, and a plus slider. I mean, if you can get the ball to him at the end of the game, you're in great shape. Jonah Cox, their center fielder, is like a 47 or 48-game hitting streak, which is cool. So uh they lead the country in fielding percentage. They take good care of the baseball. We always look for teams that play good defense in Omaha. They can make some noise. They can make some noise.
0: All right, I got Tennessee and Virginia in the final. Who
1: you got? If you had any guts, you'd take Oral Roberts, but You don't have any guts. We know that. I about don't. You. You know this. I also. I'm gonna go
0: with one ACC team. I'm. I'm trying to balance this. You've talked me into UVA
1: good UVA is a good pick I've got them on that side also the Florida's really good but I I I like UVA I just think again followers we talked about and and you know originally you're gonna laugh at me but heading into the tournament I picked Stanford to win it all did you I did third year in a row there. very physical team all this stuff they spooked me a little bit get getting here I I don't like the way they had to really 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 ride Quinn Matthews too hard he's their their ace uh, He threw 156 pitches in the Super Oh, no. He was not, oh, not no. good. Wheeling him back out there no. with a five-run lead in the ninth. It's like, what are we doing here? Did not like that. The bullpen strike-throwing issues. So, so I'm, I'm jumping ship on Stanford. I, I'm just taking the Deeks. You know, I was trying to, like, talk myself out of it. I can't do it. They're too good. Okay. I'm, I'm taking Wake Forest over Virginia in an all-ACC. Love finals, it. I'm going to get so much mockery <laughs> from all the SEC people when it's like Florida and LSU. But Right, so be right. It. Well, I like it. Enjoy yourself in Omaha. Appreciate you taking some time.
0: And even though you don't remember telling me to take Tennessee, I took Tennessee. Last year, you gave me Ole Miss. Let's see if we can't make this two years in a row because I kind of like it. Of course, that might be bad news for you because that means we'll have to do it again next mm. year. I need time for you, my friend. All right, Fitzy. appreciate you. You got it. All right, you've got questions, we've got answers. A little something we like to call Hey Joe. Only have one Joe here today, which means I am not capable of bringing up the questions on this screen, but I am capable of reading them to you. Thanks again to our friends at Oakwood Pizza Box. Anthony Guerra has the best pizza in not only Raleigh, but the state of North Carolina. Oakwoodpizzabox.com, get your orders there. Go see them in, on Person Street. They are across from the landmark Krispy Kreme in downtown Raleigh. All right, Brad. Let's start with an easy one from Kinchin. Hey Joe, what's some good music that you listen to when traveling this summer? Are you are you a, a Bluetooth aux cord kind of guy in in the car, or what do you like to listen to?
2: I like to listen to music when I when I travel. Uh, I've told you before that my podcasting um, ability to listen back Bluetooth to phone back to bluetooth someone calls me it's not good i'm
0: stuck in you listen uh, to the podcast from the comfort of your home is what you're saying
2: on my walks joe On my walks okay perfect i like it um but yeah I, i i listen to music and a lot of it is 80s 90s um a little bit from today but not much
0: i like to create playlists i have something called the green carpet playlist i am 48 years old but the the green carpet is the playlist from all of the albums that my dad had. So there, there's a lot of yacht rock in there. There's also some like Simon and Garfunkel in there. Um, Billy Joel, obviously, you, you can't get around Billy Joel. But I, then I go the other way. Like I like to throw in my my country songs that Ovius hates. I like to throw in um, rap songs from the 90s, early 2000s, which Ovius is totally okay with. Um, so you, you're bound to maybe even get a little Hamilton in there for me. Um, you're bound my mixtapes are uh they're quite eclectic uh, i'll just i'll just put it that way um so for me I, I like to create those i don't like to i don't like to go in uh unprepared i like to have those playlists ready to go do you do you create and curate your playlist or is it more of a shuffle
2: no, no i'll just say hey play 80s rock okay um last summer my brothers and I went uh, for my brother's 40th birthday we went to Toronto and we saw Motley Crue, Skid Row, Def Leppard, Joan Jett. Oh, it was pretty amazing. She that still got cool. it by the way. Um she can't sing for long, but right? <laughs> but but she still has it. Uh but it it was great just you know that's when I was 10, 11, 12 years old. It was uh it was it was a lot of fun.
0: I definitely say create a playlist. Also, I'm Sometimes I wander into those reels and stories and TikToks and find some music that I do uh, that the youths, Brad, are listening to. And we'll pop some of those songs in there as well. All right, let's go to the next one from Kelly. Uh, you've already heard our conversation with Aaron Fit about college, the College World Series and what will happen there. But from Kelly, who's a big Wake fan, what's your take on Wake's chances in Omaha? All right, Brad, how much of the College World Series have you been following?
2: Well, I saw Campbell dispose of NC State. That was cool. Yeah, they um, played each
0: other. Our alma yep. maters played each other. They split, yep. and yet somehow NC State's win over Campbell did not equal Campbell's win over NC State, That's which is why goes, I huh? cannot understand that tournament at all.
2: <laughs> it is uh it, it kind of goes it goes so quickly and and I've never been able to exactly know the the format, but uh then Campbell lost to South Carolina. So, I've been paying a little bit of attention because Wake is the uh, probably the dominant baseball program right now, I would say. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah, um, absolutely. In number North Carolina, in the at least. Tournament. Yeah, there's so, no one seed in the whole tournament. So, I would say they have a really good chance. Um, they keep doing things that they're supposed to do as the one seed. So, I have no problem saying, yeah, they're the betting favorite.
0: They are the betting favorite. They're plus two sixty one, which, if you're new to gambling, means if you bet one hundred dollars, you'll win two hundred and sixty one. I believe they were a little bit higher than that to start the tournament. Maybe it was four to one to start the tournament. Um, I don't like them to win, even though they're in Omaha because they're with too many SEC teams on their side of the bracket. I actually like Tennessee at eight to one. I got them at sixteen to one. I believe is the ticket I have for the Volunteers. Uh, so maybe again, I'm just rooting for my own interests. But uh, I, I would be surprised if. It's not an ACC-SEC final, uh, given the other side of the bracket as well, because Virginia is another one of the teams that has a really good chance there. Some people might take this, oh, my God, you're a Wake hater. No, 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 I'm not. I'm just pointing out that in this tournament, it's the format is just so stupid that it it really doesn't make any sense. And you'll see it. Like My guess is Wake will beat Stanford in that first game and then lose to an SEC team. And then you'll be like, well, what's going to happen now? And then all of a sudden, like they'll come back and probably play Stanford again and lose to Stanford. And you'll be like, well, wait a second. We beat Stanford. Why are we gone? Uh, trust me. These are the kind of things that happen. Uh, but again, if you miss any of that conversation with Aaron Fitt, catch that right here on the O Plus G podcast. All right. We are moving on as former producer and, and real-life OG producer Jonathan Mann likes to say. This is from I Am The Gumi. What has been your favorite part of podcasting so far? Uh, you dabble, you dabble in radio and, and and podcasting, Brad. What what would you say are some of the some of the pluses and minuses?
2: Well, I mean, live radio is live. You you can't mess up, or you just acknowledge it. Uh, podcasting, yeah. you can just edit. And you can make it work and you can restart the segment. (laughs) Maybe we did that a while ago. Who knows? Um, (laughs)
0: Well, your schedule, I think, I think that's been the best part. Like, I I don't think there's necessarily been a big difference in what we're doing. I I do think the schedule is different. And then obviously we're not doing 15 hours a week, which is really, really hard. If you've never tried to do it, you, you you should. And I get that. It's not digging ditches and it's not curing cancer, but talking for 15 hours a week is a chore. It is definitely a chore.
2: Yeah, I've done uh, maybe two or three shows in a week uh, back home in Ottawa. I did it from my basement where I am right now, and it was a four-hour show. Uh, I'm not—I was not the lead guy, so not the ad reading and all that. That would—that's way over my head and beyond my uh, rookie capabilities. But it was hard—four hours a day and and you better have a comfortable chair, man. I, I don't <laughs> better make it
0: work. <laughs> and, and
2: afterwards, when I trudge upstairs, my wife likes, well, it's so hard. I'm like, uh, you don't know, Trust me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you're right. It is difficult to like, I'm a fairly succinct person usually, and you just have to stretch it out because otherwise you're leaving your partner kind of in the lurch and you move on to some topic that you don't want to talk about. Like you got to stretch things out. You got to have great interviews. Uh, I learned how to interview people, which is an interesting it's an interesting skill. It's not as easy as you'd think. I froze once interviewing the general manager of the Ottawa Senators. He's a friend of mine. I should be able to talk, right? <laughs> talk to him. And I froze. I'm like, uh, how's your golf game? <laughs> and it was my turn to ask the question, and it did not work out well.
0: Related, were you okay with Vegas winning this thing?
2: So i I tweeted something about a week and a half ago. I just don't have any like or dislike for vegas i don't like watching them play hockey i don't know why that is they have a former ottawa senator mark stone he's their captain uh i wouldn't say he's their best player but he's one of their best players and he was great for us yeah but i just don't i don't enjoy watching them play i actually really enjoyed watching florida play um probably to the chagrin of canes fans and i'm a i'm a canes liker Uh. I just liked how they played hockey. Um, they were rough and tumble and they have plenty of skill. I like their combination on defense and Bobrovsky. Eventually in the Kane series, I was cheering for Carolina, obviously, but eventually I was like, I have to respect this. He yeah. is on another planet. So well, I, I was hoping he could. Com- anyway. yeah. <laughs> I was hoping he could complete it. Well, even in a couple of their losses, Toronto, he, was he was amazing. He was pretty good too. Yeah. He, in, even in a couple of losses against Vegas, he was unbelievable they just hung about to dry every night vegas was so on them in front of their net yeah it just that's exactly what the hurricanes couldn't do was crowd him get bodies in front um, because so many of their shots were one and done Uh, and he when he could see it he saved it
0: all right last hey joe question and then we will do a a bonus i sent you a bonus segment so this is from cam dance will charlotte screw up and not take scoot henderson at number two all right, if you're not familiar with the NBA draft lottery, Charlotte was down to the final two spots. They ended up with the second pick, and the big prize is Victor Wembanyama, the French 7-3 phenom. The Spurs, of course, because the NBA draft lottery is definitely rigged, ended up with Wimbenyama. So to be clear, there is only one pick in this draft that you can quote-unquote screw up. And that would be if the Spurs had an uh, out-of-body Bobrovsky experience and decided not to take the French Mamba, to be clear. The Hornets have the second pick. Scoot Henderson is a guy in the G League who is a a good-looking prospect. We saw him in one game. The, The public at large has basically seen him in one game, and that was against the French Mamba at the beginning of the year in Vegas. He looked good. Is he extraordinary i don't know uh brandon miller from alabama is a guy that i think the 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 hornets will consider with the second pick as well do i think there's like there's not this huge gap or or even chasm between miller and henderson it's been penciled in that henderson is the second pick in this draft but i don't think they would be screwing it up if they took someone other than scoot henderson so yeah my next
2: My next question was going to be, well, what about Brandon Miller? I watched yeah, a little I mean, bit of Alabama this year, and between all the controversy, I thought he played pretty well.
0: And he's super young. He's yeah. super raw. He has a stroke. The kid can stroke, and that's what the NBA is now. If you can shoot, you're going to make it. And so, so again, and he's six nine. And Henderson's a little bit smaller than I. probably in the six six. Probably a tall six six. Um, and there's nothing wrong with Henderson. Please don't get me wrong. I just, I just I'm always partial to guys. Who can shoot? All right, let's close out this edition of the O plus G minus O plus B podcast with a very special question because today is the opening day of the US Open. I, I love the US Open, but more so, I love the last day of the US Open. I love the first day of the Masters, as if we're talking first day. So here's my question for you, Brad. The five best days on the sports calendar. Now, to give people a little bit of background, you are from Canada. You can see yep. some of the hockey jerseys there. So you were also a professional golfer, so you have that in your background as well. You went to Campbell. I don't know if there's if there's a particular event from your days at Campbell that sticks out here. But let's see. I'm going to let you go first on the five best days on the sports calendar.
2: Uh. I never planned a medical procedure, but if I would, I would I would plan it on the Wednesday before the NCAA tournament starts, so I recover on Thursday, Friday okay. of round one.
0: Yep. All right, so well, we are in agreement. Number one, best day on the sports calendar is without a doubt the first Thursday of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. All right, I'm curious to see what you have. Number two, let's see if our if our lists continue to match up.
2: Uh, Master Sunday.
0: Ooh, you went Master Sunday.
2: Cause I know the pins, everyone knows the pins, everyone okay. knows what happens. Everyone knows you throw it out on 16 to the right and it comes back down and you might see a hole in one. Uh, and of course the tournament doesn't start until the back nine on Sunday. Okay.
0: That's the so, old saying. Yes. For gambling purposes. Uh, I, I like the first day of the masters, the Thursday of the masters, because you can bet on the first round leader. Some of the best odds in all of gambling are on your first or your first round leader bets. So I have that at number four. My number two might be on your list. I would, I would, I would think is Super Bowl Sunday.
2: Farther it, down, but yes. It's uh, only
0: two teams. So I could be talked into the draft, believe it or not. I could be talked into the conference championship weekend in the NFL, believe it or not. But uh, as long as I can remember, and my first gambling moments were when I was five betting on the <laughs> kickoff. Betting on the kickoff, where it was going to go, and then the first play of the game. I bet a quarter with one, some of my dad's friends. Shout out to Kevin Laorum and Richie Loram and, and Billy Graham, too. We were betting on plays, and we were betting on the kickoff on the Super Bowl since I was five years old. So Super Bowl Sunday. And I've had a party every year, basically, of my life, other than my college years. I've had a Super Bowl party, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, my wife and I started it in 99 was our first super bowl party so love the super bowl uh definitely uh for those reasons i think because of the party and, and the chili and the betting has kind of made it my day so what, what do you have number three uh
2: number three would be nhl trade deadline
0: day trade deadline day yeah, all right so, so we're, good. yeah we're slightly different here that's your canadian background i have the first day of the Stanley cup playoffs as my hockey day and i have that as five Again, about gambling, I do like – it's usually four games on that first day. I like that little staggered start. I like having different things to, to flip to. I like having different action. Do you, you gamble at all? Uh,
2: I used to have a problem. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I try not to anymore. There's once every two years, go to Vegas just for fun, play a little cards, but then sports book and just sit back on an NFL Sunday and just watch the fireworks. The best the best moment I've ever or the best couple of hours I've ever spent in Vegas was at a sports book. It was a random Sunday. I think it was in October and just different things happened in the afternoon games near the end of the one o'clock games that the buzz in there was nothing like I'd ever I'd ever seen like there was an interception at the goal line. There was an interception run back for a touchdown and and everything obviously changed either the over unders or, you know, the lines they flip from you know, Indianapolis winning to Indianapolis losing. And it was just, it was madness. And so, uh, even I can appreciate a good gambling story, a gambling day. Um, one day you're going to have to tell me how much your units are because Joe, you might have a small problem. I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) we'll
0: see it's either going to get better or it's going to get a lot worse we'll see Uh, (laughs) probably not your units though as a guy who was on the pga tour that's you know what's
2: funny though the super bowl sunday like when you and i were growing up i'm 45 i think you're 44 i'm
0: 48 yeah
2: 48 all right but growing up the games were so uncompetitive for a long time yes Yes. and that kind of it wasn't a great day like you'd think ah john Elway's really got him this time and lose 55 55, 10 10. yeah Yeah. uh stan humphrey you talked yourself into san diego and stan humphrey's like (laughs) i think they could do it (laughs) um but then and and even my dallas cowboys like they weren't competitive uh the the first bills one was not the second bills one was okay only the last one was and then pittsburgh wasn't super competitive either like it 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 took a long time in my lifetime for the super bowl to become ultra competitive and the last bunch of years have been great outside of the tampa kansas city and that was just because of injuries yeah but they've been I, i thought the games have been really good lately
0: oh yeah we've had a little bit of a run here where they have been yeah my kids don't understand when i was when i was there so i have a senior in high school like when I was a senior high school, you're right. It was Washington just beating the dog snot out of Denver. Mm-hmm. It was yep. Thurman Thomas losing his helmet. It you know there was the one good Giants Bills game. Yeah, but other than that, I mean they're mostly you know snorefests. And you're like, uh, what? Uh, no, no, not another Super Bowl. That's almost how the let's bet on the kickoff. Let's bet on where the let's <laughs> bet on the next started. play. You Is knew early on, pass? Yeah, yeah, because we knew great. that like what the heck's going to happen here. So that that was big. Uh, I got one more spot open. So we, we're basically in agreement here. We have a we have a golf, we have a hockey, we have the Super Bowl or an NFL, and we have we are we're in a total agreement on the first Thursday of the NCAA tournament. So I'm curious for your last spot of the five best days on the sports calendar.
2: That's a great question. You only sent it to me like a minute before. I, I didn't even look at the question. Uh, so these are all very genuine. Um,
0: you want me to give you mine?
2: Yeah, go for it. Yeah.
0: Okay. My last spot goes to the New Year's, New Year's Day. And when I was growing up, obviously all of the college football bowls that you cared about were played on the same day. Now, obviously that calendar has switched a little bit, but we also now have a hockey game that has taken, you know, the outdoor game has carved its own niche. And perhaps I am colored by the experience at Carter Finley Stadium, but not just that game. I I feel like hockey, you know, for people like me who didn't grow up in Canada and, and don't didn't religiously follow it growing up the outdoor game really has has brought a spotlight to the nhl and it was really one of their better ideas so i am new year's day kind of gives me both of those things enough of the bowl games that we still care about and the outdoor game
2: okay so i'll give you a little perspective on the outdoor game now i think it's kind of overdone because it keeps going back to boston and not New York, but uh, it's well, they're like going to be in New York or
0: Jersey next year. So, right. Uh,
2: what Raleigh did this year, you'd like to see more of, you'd like to somehow get one in Vegas in Nashville, figure that out. And I'm all in for the outdoor game, but like the,
0: you want to see the new spots. They did Nashville yeah. the previous year. And they had a problem there. And that was kind of why they were so worried about Raleigh. Cause when I they could go totally to see places, that. They're like,
2: eh. do you remember the day before? In Raleigh, it was 78 degrees or something crazy. Like, I was legit worried about what it was going to happen. Yeah. It was hot. Well, they,
0: yeah, they have figured out how to keep the ice. They had the Lake Tahoe issue with the glare, yep. which has kind of forced them to play them all at night. I'm with you. You can't keep running it back in the same pro, you know, our traditional pro cities. I thought Raleigh probably opened their eyes to certain yeah. venues, uh, particularly the way that it was embraced. But um yeah, I'm with you. I would love to see one in Vegas. That would be cool.
2: I would say I've not seen I've not seen any outdoor game like the one in in Raleigh. I didn't go to it, I watched it on television. Mm-hmm. And the I don't think I've seen a spectacle over the last fifteen to twenty years since they've started doing outdoor games like that one. I don't think. I, it just never showed on TV like it did in Raleigh. I was yeah, it was pretty amazing. And I think by all accounts everyone thought that way.
0: Of the list of events that I've covered in 27 years, i put that in the top three, in ter- in, in top in terms of spectacle, like to your point, like people all universally left that stadium and were like, wow, like that was, wow. And, and basically it was just an NC State night football game is what it yeah. was. Yeah, But, you know, they had the hockey out there. I'll make a joke, fine uh at the home team won. So it's like you had this big moment and, and the the home team actually showed up and performed, which is a, a somewhat of a foreign concept.
2: Besides but, the you know, uh, I- old Chatham Caddy Bibs, I think it went just fine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know whose idea that was. That wasn't great. Uh so my final one i have been giving this a little bit of thought. Yeah. Uh and it's not a guaranteed every every year it happens, but game 1 in your hometown of the playoffs. So whether it's Game one yeah. or game three. Uh, I have to give credit to Carolina Hurricanes, their fan base. Uh, playoffs here are a little bit different, man. You know, I, I haven't been to one in Ottawa in, a, in a, quite a while. I went to game six against Pittsburgh in 2017. Uh, we didn't quite sell out the building, unfortunately. And playoffs in Raleigh are are a little bit different. Uh, they're pretty awesome. And this is coming from a Canadian hockey fan I, I haven't seen many places where the atmosphere is what it is at pnc arena so um whatever first game of your hosting the playoffs that's my favorite
0: all right well brad let's let's hope on monday when we talk when we talk some more golf that i had the right winner how about that will you hope for that for me or
2: yeah i've got three guys i would say right, as you say
0: let's let's finish today's actual episode with your picks who you would take for this u.s open
2: so i think i texted you not too long a couple days ago and said creativity probably wins the day i said and and really good value cam smith and jordan Mm -hmm. spieth uh it's hard to tell how live guys are playing other than hey how'd they play at oak hill um it's just difficult but i think that his combination of his putters unreal uh his short game is very creative and he doesn't drive it super straight but here it seems like you could get away with a little bit and I could probably say the same thing about Jordan Spieth. Like he's one of the best iron players in the world. He just needs to find the planet off the tee. Uh, But if I had to pick a winner, I think it's Victor Hovland. I think he. um, I I think he's just ready. I think you know we talked about guys winning their first major. Doesn't have any hometown um, pressure or help. But I just think he's playing some amazing golf. He uh, he's
0: balling right now, but he's not creative. He's not, he does not, no, he's not creative. Your, he does not fit your, what you're establishing will be the winner. No, but it's he actually, strikes it's actually it so his well. Weakness.
2: It is, but he strikes it so well that yeah. I think that just Pure ball gives strike. him room. It's like what I read about Scotty Scheffler. It's like, Hey, pars are good. That means that all these birdie putts that he misses don't cut as deep <laughs> as in a regular tour event.
0: I, I love, I love when the pros struggle and I love it when they have tournaments like this. I think it opens up to more people. Because a super duper birdie fest is that's Rom, that's Scheffler, that's Rory. I mean, those are guys that can go crazy low. To win in the single digits, I think it does. As we saw with with Lefty at Kiowa, you know, it opens up to some guys who can kind of keep it keep it together and, and go go a little bit low each day instead of having that super low one round. I like your Hovland pick, but I think Hovland is this year's Zally. I think he's this year's Will Zalatoris. Okay. I think he'll be in the top three of every major, but he won't win one. Um, I think the winner this week is one of my two guys. I'm, I'm jinxing the hell out of it right now. But I, I do. I have to believe in it. I have a system. I believe in it. I had Rom at the Masters. Yeah, congratulations, Joe. You took Rom at the Masters. I had Hovland and Scheffler in, at the PGA. I mean, all around that thing. And then in this one, I have Shoffley, the X-Man, and I have homa the homie i'm telling you i'm telling you it's one of those two
2: i did love your pick for the masters and you went all the way back to the first event of the calendar year and you're like guys who win here mm-hmm. yeah they win the Masters. i'm like what are you talking about and <laughs> you, then gambled. you
0: texted me and you're like wait a second <laughs> now i needed brooks to kind of fumble that thing a little yep. bit on sunday don't, don't get me wrong that happens um uh, so i'm in this before we go i'm in this golf pool where i am the only person who did not have brooks at the masters there was like 40 entries, and I was the only one without him. Obviously, I lost. If I had taken him, I would have won because I had lefty. In the PGA, I was, the again, stubborn, didn't take Brooks. I'm like, no, 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 he can't do it twice in a row. I wasn't that competitive in in the PGA for obvious reasons. This week, I'm looking at my card. I'm staring at it, and I'm like, wait a second. I don't have Brooks. I have to take Brooks because he's like a free space. And I'm like, no, because I can't do it. I can't bring myself to it. And, of course, my (laughs) biggest problem at – in pga was i had the x-man and he played poorly or relatively yeah and i'm like i i i I have to stick with my first answer i have to i'm okay dying with my first answer it's when you know you you could sit here and and double cross and double guess and second guess and all those things to yourself and drive yourself a little bit crazy but enjoy the golf we'll be back on monday with brad frisch to wrap up the us open brad appreciate your time today one more one more plug here for red rooster please
2: yeah, RedRoosterGolf.com. We've been in business for just over two years. Uh, we have great support in the triangle, actually. I make a lot of hand deliveries in uh, in Holly Springs and 12 Oaks, but we make really good golf gloves and other golf accessories, so um, Joe can speak to it. But yes. uh, I'm yeah, not a glove I mean,
0: guy, but my kid is, so, you know.
2: How's his game? It looked good the other day.
0: Yeah, he's been... He's been. We played a uh, Raleigh Country Club yesterday, actually. He's struggling a little bit off the tee right now. So, did you we'll, play
2: the day after the tournament? By the way,
0: no. I wish. I wish because I, I banged a shot on eighteen off the back there. I was like, oh, I could have used the, uh, <laughs> the the backdrop, backdrop man. Right. <laughs> I need one of those. I, ha- I had one of those on seventeen as well. So, uh, but the real golfers will be golfing. We'll wrap that up on Monday right here on the O plus G. Brad Frisch will join us, and hopefully, we'll have the right winner. See you guys on Monday.